on your part. All right, here we go. Welcome to the On Track and Field podcast. I'm JT Ayers, your host. If you've heard this podcast, I hope you have. We're on like episode 90-something, and you're going to hear me say something I say all the time, but it's worth mentioning and saying. And so let me just broadcast it as loud as I can. You need to go to ontrackandfield.com. This is the place that has everything you need for track and field equipment. And it's even just for the casual fan, not just the coach or athlete, but they sell shoes. I just got this really cool pair of Topo shoes from them. Um, the toe box is big. It's The drop is awesome. I am very happy running around at a ripe age of 41. But On Track and Field has what you need. And close, they'll give you some discounts too. They are a family company and I work with them. I'm a head coach. You should as well. Give your kids the chance to have the best so they can perform at their best. Like we're watching at Worlds right now. Uh, with me today is Coach Jeff Perkins. He's been with UC Irvine. Go Anteaters. Cross country and track and field since 2014. He's been a member or he's been an anteater staff since 2007 and has seen tons of success. He's a friend of mine, lives down the street. And we have actually, I've sent athletes of mine to him. And I think really highly of him. I'm not sure how many high school coaches can say that about college coaches, but I love when my athletes are going to be mentored by him. In 10 years, Coach Perkins has led UCI to six All-American honors. They've won 27 Big West individual titles, producing 57 NCAA West preliminary qualifying marks. He's the real deal, folks. And so, Coach, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Okay, let's just start off the bat. UCI is a smart person school. I mean, it's a UC school, and it's not just any UC school. It's up there with UCLA, Berkeley. It's UCI. It's impossible to get into. And I know this because kids just get <laughs> denied constantly. It's like a 6% or something acceptance rate. So how do you even coach at a place that is that prestigious academically? I mean, it's, uh, you know, we're number seven public academic institution in the country. So that has its challenges, right? When you're looking at the grand scheme and spectrum of student athletes, you're looking to recruit. So usually my first question is, you know, what are your academics like? You know, uh, need to see your GPA, how you doing in high school, all that kind of thing. Um, you know, we, if everybody was held to a four point plus GPA, we probably wouldn't have an athletic department and make that joke all the time. Um, but you know, there's some wiggle room for us in terms of the way we recruit and who we're trying to bring in, but yeah, it's an academic university. So they've, they've definitely got to be good at what they do on that side. Yeah. And, and as a coach, does you or your coaching staff, I mean, what do coaches even like, how do they help students become successful, not just on the track? which you guys do obviously see the marks, but what about just in the classroom to not just be eligible, but to get a, a high GPA and, and have opportunities to be successful after college. Right. You obviously have the NCAA bare minimum, right. To be eligible. And then you have the university bare minimum to stay in good standing academic standing. And those are two totally different GPAs. So we obviously have to hold to the university standard. And for us, we're always sitting and I have weekly meetings with almost every rookie. Right. And so for some of our bigger classes, that can be a bit of a challenge. Um, and so along with that, we have a great academic staff, uh, academic coordinator that really does a lot for us and helps mentor them, but more so teaches them how to manage their time. Because that, in essence, is the number one factor of being successful in the classroom and on the track. So let's just keep in the same idea, because this next question, I hope it's not, you know, you've <laughs> I hope it's fair. You've developed elite athletes. Uh, you know, for the last 10 years as a head coach, but even before that, what does it take to develop 
an elite athlete at that level. I mean, they're not just, there's a lot of kids that are good in high school and then that's the last we hear of them. So what does it take? You know, I definitely think there needs to be more outreach from college coaches to high school coaches about what they're doing in that high school program to kind of match their needs to continue to grow and develop. Um, I'm always looking for the student athlete that's a little bit underdeveloped, right? Hasn't come from necessarily the best coaching situation or had all the tools at their disposal disposal to, you know, reach their full potential in high school. Um, But at this level, you know, I'm sure you've heard this a million times. Everybody has talent. Right. And at the end of the day, what it really comes down to is being the best at the details and being detail oriented in literally everything you do from the classroom all the way into the drills, sprint drills, whatnot. And, you know, of course, you and I are sprint co- coaches, um, but just being fully detailed to those types of things are really what sets one apart from the other because you're willing to go the extra mile. Can you even figure that out by watching film, looking on milesplit or athletic.net or even having a conversation with the kid? What makes these kids stand out that make them? Even worthy, I'm not sure that's the correct word, but worthy enough to go and get a, earn a scholarship at a D1 school. You know, it's exciting when I hear they've never lifted weights, right? Or they've never really done a lot of sprinting or they did their best work in the hurdles in the 100 and 200 and long jump spikes or just all those adverse, like you're like, wait, what? Like, and you find out more and more about what they didn't do, what they didn't have, what coach they didn't ever have you know, as a part of their program, you know, and then there is definitely a, a greater need for us at the college level to reach out to specific people like you that know what they're doing, right? And to get exactly the nuance of, of how that matches the program they're going to be going into. Um, because at the end of the day, that's, you just can't throw them into a completely different situation and expect them to flourish. Yeah, and that so makes it, sense. It, it, it can't be cookie cutter, right? You have to definitely tailor to their needs. And sometimes that, you know, for me takes writing three to five different workouts. Wow. That's yeah. Actually, I didn't think you did that. I mean, I always thought it was one of those, Hey, this is the way it's done. If you don't like it, leave, you know, and that's not what you're telling me. Not for me. No, in particular, have I seen that a lot of other institutions? Of course. Right. It's my way or the highway, the ego gets involved and, you know, hey, uh, if this doesn't fit for you, let's jump on the portal and get you somewhere else. Okay, so one thing that I do every year is I make a huge list of all the, you know, top 160 universities that have academics and athletics and potential places that high school kids would want to go. And I give it to my student athletes. And I say to the parents and to them, like, here are places. And I check to make sure that all the coaches are actually still there. And that happened, I mean, you and I both know that the, the, the dance of college coaches going from place to place to place. And there's a lot of reasons right. for that. But let me ask you as a head coach, how do you even hire coaches? How hard is it to hire coaches? Where do you even find good fits to fit UCI? Yeah, that's it's tough. Um, it definitely is word of mouth recommendation, um, knowing somebody that knows them, um, what their background is. Um, you know, sometimes at this level, you're really looking at ex-student athletes that are maybe three to five years out that want to get into the coaching realm um, and have a, a you know a, at least a decent or basic knowledge of the sport, having done it, and you can kind of uh, mold and teach them the rest of the way. Um, that is not my current case, uh, luckily enough, right? We have a lot of vets on this staff uh, that have been there. Shoot, if this is my 16, 16 years next month, I have uh, Coach Torelli who's been here for 14. 
Um, so it's a while. Um, she was an associate head coach for throws and then coach gears going into year five. And then I just hired a new jumps coach. Um, uh, but they, we've all been around the sport a long time. So again, that's a rarity, at least uh, in this conference. Uh, I do see a lot of ex-student athletes hired and, and molded into those roles. And then once they graduate enough to getting really good, they either make the jump to the power five and, or, you know, stay at that big West school or wherever mid-major school for as long as they possibly can. Why, why not more coaches? You know, is that a, a, a NCAA thing? Is that a college thing? Is that UCI saying, here's your budget, make it work. Like what, what is a head coach? Like why not have, instead of like six, four amazing assistant coaches, you can have 10 pretty good coaches. Well, you're seeing that change now, right? Um, the NCAA is kind of moving away from volunteer coaches, and you're starting to see where some of those Power Five institutions, you know, one that I went to, uh, I graduated from Tennessee, uh, they're working on that right now, anywhere from seven to 10 coaches. You know, you've got a high jump coach, you've got a long and triple jump coach, you've got a, you know, one, two, four coach, you've got a hurdle coach, you've got a, you know, a distance coach, a throws coach. Like, so you're starting to see it, it's changing. Uh, for and a lot of times that is budgetary, right? That having a big uh, revenue generating sport like football, um, there are some um, um, some challenges. Um, but you know, we we've always um, really had a, a decent stock in the volunteer coaching situation, and sometimes I've been able to hire those types of people uh, based on the job they were able to do here, or got them a job somewhere else. Yeah, that that's great, and I've seen that too. I've been a witness to that as well. How much? What expectations does your athletic director, does your school, do they sit you down? I mean, to see you at the success for the last, gosh, 10 plus years, it seems very rare that that happens anywhere else. I know you do a good job, but I've even seen coaches that do a good job bounce, leave somewhere else. So what expectations is your school or does any school like lay on top of the coaches, especially track and field? I mean, they want to see the student athlete experience be number one, right? To have a good experience, um, to graduate from the institution, you know, to just jump on the portal one time to get tough, um, graduate from the institution. And at the end of the day, they want to see a program that's on the rise, succeeding, trying to be, you know, a top three conference, uh, conference finalist, um, you know, as a team, both in cross country and track and field. And from there, you know, I'm always vying to try to win a championship, um, and so, you know, with that, it's, it's really about being able to do our own thing and having some autonomy on most of what we do. Uh, I get left alone, which I love, right. You can do a lot of things on your own and create your culture and go about trying to win, you know, a championship as a program. So you started Tennessee, you moved to Oklahoma and then you get to UCI. <laughs> you have guys like Vince Anderson and Vince O'Boyle. I mean, you have some of the greatest of the greats, the old school greats, you know, Talk about maybe the mentors in your life and what you've learned from them and how important that is. For me, Vince Anderson was and still is a mainstay. Um, everything I learned about the sprint world and the collegiate setup and success from a championship standpoint as a team, I learned through him at Tennessee. Um, and, you know, he's synonymous in the acceleration ladder and wicked ladder world. You know, oh, I got the PDFs. I got it right, yep. blue and it's there. laminated. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 well known for those. Um, and still being the coach that he is, he was always very much a fatherly role model to me. Um, and still to this day, we you know we talk about sprinting and, and sprint action and all the things to try to get better. Um, and then, you know, going through my career and uh, replacing a legend like Vince Boyle, who was here for 32 years, I lot got to learn a lot more about the head coaching role. 
you know, Vince Anderson wasn't a head coach in college, but obviously Vince O'Boyle was for 32 years here at UCI. But I got to learn a lot about the UC system, the academics, as well as how to succeed holistically as an entire program from cross country to track and field. So for him, he's always still is a really good friend of mine. And uh, anytime I get kind of get in a pinch, uh, he's the first guy I reach out to. He'll show up with his bag of peanuts and he'll start eating them and yep. talking forever about track and field. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, they're passionate, right? To be in their age now and to still love the sport and doing what they're doing to volunteer and, you know, be mentors is, is amazing. Well, especially back then, these, these are the guys that basically got paid pennies and I'm not saying you and I are, are wealthy by any stretch, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, you and I are doing a little better living than, you know, Vince's, behind John Wayne airport, little itty bitty house, you know? Right. Right. No, absolutely. It's times have changed a lot um, from 20, you know, 20 years, 20 plus years ago to now. So let me ask you a question. Cause I'm a high school coach down the street and I care because no one else does, but I'd love marketing, branding, gear, swag. Like I'm in charge of a lot of that stuff. Um, the posters, the, the, what it looks like, even the, you know, all that aesthetically kind of pleasing things, how involved is a head coach at a major D1 school involved in that stuff? Is that up to you? Uh, for here at, I would say, a non-Power 5, yes. Uh, the Power 5s, my guess is they obviously have a team of people. At Oklahoma, we had a team of people that were in charge of that, right? Um, I like kind of being more hands-on because I'm just like you. I'm very aesthetic. Um, I like all the bells and whistles because that's what recruits want to look at. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what the student athletes that you have typically hills they like. Right. Anytime I'm driving down the street in our area, I see a TH track and field. I'm like, Hey, there's JT. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that, that's, that's eyeballs. Right. And it brings more eyes to your program that probably doesn't get as much because it's track and field as much notoriety as it should, just because of the way, you know, American sports are. And so I, th- I think that's important for both you and me to take that and, and use it to our advantage to market ourselves uh, as the head coaches of our programs and our programs in general. Well, and that's why it seems like a lot of the kids in our area that are from Orange County or the LA area tend to go to your school. And is that by design? Is that where you're recruiting and you hope to get? Do you want like, or is it just kind of like I'm recruiting and I'm, I'm looking everywhere? I'll be honest. I've tried to really change the narrative in Orange County alone because there always was that uh, notion that none of the kids wanted to come to UCI, right? They were so academic, a lot of them, at the private school specifically, that always wanted to go Ivy League. And so I was trying to get away from that stigma that, you know, UCI is too close. I don't want to be close to home. All those things I used to get, you know, in terms of recruiting to try to really get people that I know like you and, you know, Coach Martinez, who's the UCI alum at Modern Day, try to get people to kind of open their eyes to, you know, UCI is down the street. is a great opportunity, both academically and athletically. Why don't I just, you know, look at potentially going there? And I've had a lot more success in the last two to three years. Um, outside of that, I'm really looking at the areas I feel like don't get as much um, leadership from the coaching standpoint and, and lack of development, right? And so as we know, LA is a tough area, meaning like they have a lot of great coaches. I stay out of LA and to be completely honest with you, right? I go NorCal, Inland Empire, San Diego, and then right here in Orange County. And I'm not saying that there aren't kids I wouldn't recruit in LA, but um, you're, I'm going to do my due diligence in finding out how many people, how many chefs are in the kitchen. Oh, so no, it makes sense too. I mean, I understand that completely. Um, you know, and I promised you, I I try to keep it, you know, close to 20 minutes as possible. And it's so hard because there's so much I want to ask you about. And I'm just fascinated by, you know, what it takes to be a head coach at that level. Um, 
you know, what separates you and feel free, it's a safe spot to not be humble, but what separates you from kind of maybe your contemporaries or even what the UCI program is all about? For me specifically, it, you know, you just have to get that opportunity, right? Because it's not like it's just going to fall off of the tree and you're just going to be able to pull up that apple and be like, okay, yeah, I'm the next in line. I didn't expect, you know, it, it took Vince a bit to realize that it was his time to step down and retire. And, uh, you know, at that point, you're just never really sure if you're going to be the, the guy to take over. Um, he kind of set me up that way, which was great. But admins are admins, right? At the athletic uh, administration level of D1, they could very easily change their mind and go a different direction, right? We've seen that at a lot of the power fives. Like you're thinking one person's going to get the job and it's completely somebody else. So it's hard. Um, I say relationships with administrators is really important at this level and knowing that they all know somebody at some other institution and can put in a good word, a good reference for you. But being a head coach is challenging for sure. Um, I would think it's even more so, um, you know, when you have all the resources to win and you're given all those resources and your job at the, you know, at stake every two to three years when your contract's renewed or five years, whatever the contract length is. Um, because a lot of admins, um, at, you know, I'll speak for Oklahoma. Um, if we weren't winning, we were out, right. They got, obviously the whole reason I got that job is because the staff before me got fired. Right. And so uh, Martin Smith, who I worked work for, came from Oregon. So I got to hear all the war stories about Oregon and how, you know, how much pressure there was there. You mean the grass isn't greener on the other side? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, I think we all learn what, what's best and appropriate for us as we get a bit older. And the constant change for me, having been a military kid and moving every three to four years, got old quick. And so I, I once I started to get to that point of doing that from a career standpoint, I was like, okay, we need to figure something else out if it's going to be in coaching. Well, let me speak for all high school coaches, high school coaches. If you're listening, you need to find a college coach. Your kids cannot just athletically thrive at, and even just an institution that they can thrive at because of their reputation, but find them a coach that can mentor them. And this is a big reason why I continue to have on, guys like coach Perkins, because it's really important to me that my athletes have an opportunity to go and become better people. Like I'm passing the baton, literally pun completely intended. And it's an upsweep to you, by the way. So I am giving it to a coach and, um, I'm telling you right now on the record that coach Perkins is that guy. And there's a lot of them out there, but find them. And, um, if you have trouble finding them, reach out to coaches like myself and other people that are kind of dabbling in a lot of different parts of the world. Cause we need to, you know, it takes a village to try to get our kids, our athletes where they need to go. So coach Perkins, I just, you know, on the record, thank you. Thank you for doing what you do, man. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. JT. It means a lot coming from you. Okay. So let's end with this. Where can we continue to be fans of UC um, Irvine track and field and where do you have social media website? Where, where do we go? Yeah, UCIrvineSports.com. Obviously, click on the sport. Um, you'll get a lot of updates through there, media releases. And then uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, so you can just pretty much put in the search uh, UC Irvine cross-country track and field, and it'll pop right up. And you're also on uh, Twitter as well, right? Yes. Coach okay, Perk cool. at yeah, Coach Perk, uh, track and field, uh, UCI track and field should pop up there too. Perfect. Well, we can't thank you enough, man. Continue to do what you're doing. You guys are thriving. I know you are taking over a huge, a bigger role in the sprints this year. So we'll be looking out and, you know, you actually have, uh, especially on the girl side, some pretty impressive young ladies that are, have not even reached their potential. So we're really excited to see what you're going to do with them. 
I appreciate that, JT, as well. Best of luck to you. Looking forward to your high school season, and uh, let's keep in touch. Absolutely, man. All right, take care. And uh, right. let me leave you with this. Audience, stick around. Listen to Steve Ringel, the CEO of RelayBatons.com. Yeah, they're also connected to On Track and Field. And on trackandfield.com. he'll let you know how to get in contact with them and on social media. And you're going to hear his beautiful, sexy voice in just a second because that's just who he is. He's a radio guy, and he was born with that voice, so you can thank God for it. So, Steve, take it away. Thanks for joining us on this week's On Track and Field podcast with guest coach Jeff Perkins. The On Track and Field podcast is powered by RelayBatons.com. Custom engraved, meat and competition legal relay batons, water bottles and tumblers. Great for team branding, fundraisers, meet awards and coaches gifts. And by OnTrackAndField.com. Cross country and tracks one-stop source for everything you need for a successful season. Competition gear, spikes, training equipment and shoes. OnTrackAndField.com has has everything you need and make sure to check out our new website on trackrunning.com your new source for competition and training shoes featuring Saucony Brooks on running New Balance Asics and Hoka shoes and spikes on trackrunning.com and make sure to follow us on our socials at on track the letter and field at on track and field on Twitter and the gram 